1: Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. We're not streaming live video today. Uh, Fantasy Football Podcast is going live at the same time, so uh, we're a different of that. Uh, but. Hey, we're happy to get to you right, right to straight to your uh, favorite podcast devices. Uh, Fred, a lot going on. You and I are in a couple of leagues together here. How are your teams doing? Uh, we haven't, you know, we, we start off with our Reds and Jays. Let's start off with our fantasy teams for a sec.
2: Oh, yeah, because it's a fantasy podcast. I forgot all. It's not a Jays Reds fandom
1: podcast. Or, or uh, therapy for the two of us. Nothing like yeah, that.
2: No. Yeah. You don't need therapy anymore. You're going to the playoffs. Anyways, um, uh, Tout War is good um labor not good uh nfBC leagues good but need to be better so all my nfBC teams I have so many second place uh teams right now so yeah. I've got a lot of team I've got I've got and I've got a couple fourths so I've got some teams that are good and are in contention and need to be better I spent a long time on my waiver bids on the weekend Me too. and I'm probably going to do the same the next couple weeks and really see if I can what I can do to push these teams up. The Tout Wars team, I think I don't, you rarely ever get me to say this. I think my Tout Wars team is mostly in cruise control from here on out. My labor team and my labor team's hopeless. (laughs) <laughs>
0: that's
2: funny so, i will do my labor bids for the rest of the season i fully believe in competing all yeah. the way to the end no matter what place you're in i've always said that i mean i was up to like i don't know sixth or seventh and kind of floating around nine, 90, 90 points or so which was good and then i plummeted back down to like high 70s and i'll do i'll do my bids but the labor ones will come last and they will be they, I'll spend a little. Less, I'll spend a lot less time. I'll do all my other teams first, and then I'll take the common names that I've been looking at and apply them in there.
1: So my Tatt Wars team is hopeless. Okay. Uh, similar to your your description of your Labor team, although I yeah. think your Labor team's not dead yet. Uh, but uh, oh,
2: go look at the roster. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, no, I get Francisco Lindor back. That's that's huge.
1: Oh, He's what a what a disaster! What are you going to do with him next year? You going to buy the dip?
2: knowing me I probably will I've always been a Lindor guy I've also always been a five category early round guy like a power speed mix early round guy so and he fits so I could see me buying the dip if he's gonna go on round five or six I could see me buying that dip
1: yeah I'm looking at your roster now by the way and okay yeah you can still need another middle infielder
2: oh Uh, definitely
1: yeah like Um, those
2: guys are not mixed league worthy players i could not find middle infielders in that league all season and i haven't traded as aggressively as i should have
1: i'm hoarding i've got a lot of them i've got like (laughs) five Uh,
2: it's it's worked and i had good pitching and my pitching's pretty good um yeah i I traded yesterday i traded framber valdez for jazz chisholm so that solved one middle infield spot and i felt like i had enough pitching to make that work um yeah, with with uh, especially I'll get Rodon back. So with Woodruff and Rodon, and then and then I got some other just solid pitchers. But yeah, I don't think uh, I I really just don't think that team has enough offense to catch up.
1: So I'm, I think that I'm... team's
2: offense is not better than my Tout Wars offense, and my Tout mm-hmm. Wars offense is an NL only. So that's <laughs> that's a big problem.
1: <laughs> well, you're going for the repeat in Tout Wars.
2: Yes, yes, I am.
1: Holy cow, so, I'm looking at the your stats. Uh, what happened to the OBP, Fred? Everything else looks great. No, just kidding.
2: Yeah, I've um, kind of let the OBP just slide around the middle in an effort to try to get counting stats. Now, I did come, I was way out in front in counting stats. And then I had a period of about two weeks where all my hitters were hurt. And I was fielding, and I kid you not, I was having days where I only had maybe five hitters play. Like not play well, just play mm. at all. I had Tatis, I had Lindor, I just traded Ozzy Albie's, which I kind of regretted because right after I traded him, all my guys got hurt. I had Lingor- Longoria, Yastrzemski went on the IL. Like it was just the uh, Max Muncy briefly went on like the the parenting IL or whatever it's called. Um, anyways, I had so many. guys. I, I would have like four or five guys in in my lineup. David Bode was out. Everyone was hurt, mm-hmm. but now they've all come back or mostly come back.
1: Okay. So, well, that's good.
2: Yeah. So now I think I can probably compete. Oh, and I lost Bauer in that league. Yeah. Which is pretty huge in an NL only.
1: Massive. Massive. So, and yet you're, you're 20 points in first place ahead of Phil Hertz and Derek Cardy. So yeah, well the, I
2: managed to solve the pitching. I've I've come way back to the pack in the hitting. And I think I will lose some hitting points, but I think even if I lose some hitting points, as long as my pitching, I got Walker Bueller for Ozzy Albies and I, which was a fair, fair deal, I think. And, but and Castillo, Luis Castillo has been good. And I found some pitchers. I got Husker. We, I know we, you know, back. So I think I have plenty. Of, I think I have enough pitching to just stay. I, I don't know if I can keep my current point total, but I think I could keep 95 or something like that.
1: Wall puncher, you know. Uh, yeah. I, uh, good pitcher yeah. though.
2: Good,
1: good pitcher. Uh, struggled a little bit against, was it against the Yankees yesterday? Yeah. Or? Yeah. yeah. By the way, Stanton just homered in that game today. And Perfect. that's the thing. We never broadcast during live games. But that's right. I was distracted a little bit. and I apologize for that because they're were, they were showing like a Braves fan wrestling another fan to prevent them from throwing the ball back. Um, and <laughs> I, I happen to agree with that take. I think it's so dumb. I mean, I, it's one thing for Wrigley fans to do it. You know, it's tradition and all that downtrodden franchise, et cetera, et cetera. How often do you get a baseball at a ball game, especially a home run ball? I don't care if it's from the other team. Keep that darn thing.
2: I agree. So you're sorry. I, I'm not watching this. You're saying that the, the person did not want to throw the ball back and someone came over and started wrestling them to try to make them throw the
1: ball. back. No, the opposite. The opposite. The, the guy that got it was rearing back to throw it out, throw it back. And his, his seat, his buddy, next. Oh, to his him friend was, to was him. like, don't throw it back. Yeah.
2: Right. Uh, I guess if you're friends, then it, then that would work. If the guy wasn't your friend, then you're being way too presumptuous. Just leave well, the guy yeah. alone. Leave the guy alone. It's his mistake. It's his mistake to make. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I hope
1: it was a buddy. I mean, I, I, yeah. I obviously have it yeah. on mute here, but uh, I just know, met this guy beats. on the
2: walk in. But I'm not letting him make this life error. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Anyways, I agree with you. I would keep the ball if it's just a home run, just in a regular season game. Keep the ball.
0: Yeah. Uh, your White
1: Sox, I mean, your, your Blue Jays, excuse me, what a slip there. <laughs> Maybe I'll your slip sli-
2: over to the White Sox now. Yeah
1: the, the, the White Sox are up 4-0 on the Blue Jays. They got to Jose Barrios all in the first inning. You know, first two starts are pretty good for Barrios, and lately not so much. I think, you know, it's tough opponents have gotten to him, but still, this is not not promising at all. He got hit by the uh, Nats over the yeah. weekend. You know, last that's, that's week, not yeah. you know, last week. So, uh, yeah, what's up with Barrios?
2: Wait, you mean Jose Barrios is inconsistent? Yeah. No way. I, I mean, this is who the Jays got. This is the Jose Barrios. I think I feel like we've seen his entire time with the twins. He'll have stretches where he has a few great starts. He'll have a couple mad a few maddening starts and some not great starts. And at the end of the year, his ERA will be around four. High threes, mm-hmm. three point eight, four, whatever. Like he's never been able to put it together. And be like a three RA pitcher, a competitive for the Cy Young Award. We went for years where people would predict that might happen. It never happened. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Jays picked up a, a an above average, pretty good major league starter. Yeah, in that trade and, and gave up. We much, talked
1: about that. I think. Yeah. We talked about that before how you didn't like the trade. Yeah, Uh, two good two good prospects on that one. I like the pitcher too. Yeah, Simeon Wood Woods isn't having
2: a good year in the minors, but still a good prospect.
1: Yeah, and uh, I was also with you on. I have no Barrios on any of my teams because I always thought that that SP two price that you're paying for him Mm -hmm. is is too high. I think he's more like your if he's your third starter. Okay, maybe if he's like your eighth or ninth round guy in a in in a mixed league uh, mixed league. Sure, great, but he, he was going like fourth, fifth round in, in 15 teamers. So yeah, yeah no thanks. There Not was a couple
2: years. Yeah. There were a few years where we were kind of collectively pushing for him to take the next step and that didn't just didn't happen. So you know what I mean? Since now I think we're just past that, but he's still going yeah. pretty high. So yeah. You know who I wanted to ask you about, actually, because he's on my Tout Wars and your labor team. I just pulled up your labor team and we talked about him back in March. How have you enjoyed the Kenley Jansen experience? Because I tried to trade him in Tout Wars and nobody wanted him. I mean, at oh, I what I consider to be just a reasonable price. like Nobody wanted him at the price of he's a closer. And um, so I kept him and I traded my other closers and i i haven't minded it you just have to live with the fact that the dodgers have already generated about 10 saves that he doesn't get so
1: but he they're so good that stretch. he still gets plenty yeah and he had one rough stretch and then aside yep. from that he's been pretty good too uh, many walks the, co- the cost was right too though too he, he was yep. you know about the eighth or ninth closer going off the boards i mean every year he delivers 27 saves this yeah. year i mean So he'll get 32,
2: 33, something like that. It'll be fine.
1: Yeah. It's not pretty right now, but, you know, sometimes, you know, closers have to evolve and, you know, change a little bit. And it seems like he's kind of going through that. They have to protect him a little bit, but he's going to probably end up in the 30, mid thirties somewhere when saves. Yep. You told me that at the beginning of the season. I take it.
2: Absolutely. I think he was, I think he's, I think he's interesting in that. Yeah. He, he's, if he was Pete Kenley Jansen on this Dodgers team or last year's Dodgers team, like he'd have 40, 40, 43 saves, something right. like that. Like like I said, there's been a, there's 11 saves on the Dodgers this year that he hasn't had. A couple of those would have been long relief saves, or maybe right. he was getting the days off, but he could have easily had 35 already if he was Pete Kenley Jansen. He's not Pete Kenley Jansen. You just live with that because you didn't pay Pete Kenley Jansen price for him. Um, he's going to blow a few. There's a few days where I, I never up when a Dodgers game ends during the week. So there's a few days where I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, lost Kenley Jansen. Oh, one inning, three runs. Well, that sucks. And then, but then he gets, they keep going right back to him. And I, I don't think they're even fully committed to using him in the postseason if they don't want to, like as their closer. I think they'll use him if, if he's going well. And if he's not, they'll use Knable or Trinan or whatever. But But they're fine with him just getting most of their saves during the season. Yep. and uh, and he's not hurting them, and he walks too many batters. But, yeah, I felt like he was someone who in draft season, I don't know, he's older a little bit. He's on the way down for sure. Um, nobody wanted him. I don't have him in a lot of leagues. I, you were a little more of a proponent of him. I think it's worked out totally fine, and part of it is that the Dodgers are really good and generate plenty of save chances.
1: The other part of it, too, is that closers are just a minefield. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's just so many bad closers out there that – yeah. Okay. Well, fine. Uh, he's not perfect, but I know he's got the job, and it would just take a total implosion for him to not keep it, and that's yep kind of what's happened here.
2: That's right. And and I'll say, like, I haven't looked into Kenley Jansen's contract or his status with the Dodgers next year, but assuming he's back on the Dodgers next year and is still their closer, I'll project him for I don't know thirty saves, twenty eight saves, something a little conservative, but but something like that. And if if people want to leave him for me in round thirteen or twelve or something after a closer run, I'll take him.
1: Yeah, there's only five guys that have more saves than him. Yeah. Four of which have one more save. Hendricks, McGee, yeah. Will Smith, and Alex Ritz. By the way, Jake McGee at twenty-eight saves. Now that's a windfall. But uh mm-hmm. and then Melanson's at 34. He's slowed down a lot, as the team has. Yeah. Uh and Iglesias is tied with uh Jansen. But point is, you know, you're you're doing just fine. Contract wise for him, he signed a five year deal in December of 2016. So 17, 18, 19, 20. This is last year.
2: This is it. Massive so we'll kick. see where he ends up next season and what his role will be. I could see him though being a closer again, whether it's on the Dodgers or somewhere else. Right.
1: So, That'll I, be I an think, interesting question.
2: I think he'll I think he'll get a closer contract. And it won't be a great closer contract. It might be a one year right. closer contract, but I think he'll get a closer contract. Now, if he's not on the Dodgers and he's on a little bit of a worse team and a harder place to pitch, mm-hmm. and where he doesn't have as much, you know, street cred and like built up legacy as he does on the Dodgers, I might be a little more pessimistic of him.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, there, there's a lot of things, uh, a lot of ellipses we need to fill, including like what sort of budget every team is going to have. Is, yeah. there, is there going to be more of a cap situation as was leaked as a possibility of an offer here? Or, yeah. OK, we'll have a salary floor of 100 million, but we're also going to have a tax starting at 180 million. You realize that tax is well over 200 million right now. That's a severe yeah. cut. Yeah. Um, And that's the first thing you know, you cut. Closer costs pretty quickly, I think.
2: Oh, absolutely, and it will. It, and if if that were to happen, it would take teams like the Dodgers right out of free agency. Well, well, it's up to them if how much of the tax they want to spend, but it would it would take them right. probably a lot out of free agency, and it would force the Kenley Jansons and all the other free agents this winter to go to these teams that are currently at least middle of the pack in contracts, if right. not lower. It will create a very ugly offseason, a long, patient, you know, just nails on the chalkboard offseason, which we as baseball fans have gotten used to because we've had some of those in the winter where nobody signs anyone. and It takes forever because nobody wants to spend and nobody wants to make the first move and the players don't want to, they want to hold out for something good. I could see that happening this year more than ever.
1: Yeah, winter is coming. It, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's going to be really, really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Going back to your Jays real quick. They're now 11 games out in the East. Tampa. Uh-huh. I mean, somehow Tampa is just, they've, they've got a four game lead. Even the Yankees winning every game in creation. There's still four games behind the Rays. The Rays uh-huh. had the best record in the AL. They passed the Astros. They passed the White Sox. They trade away their closer. They trade, they, they trade away Snell. They let Charlie Morton walk and yep. They're 77 and 48 somehow.
2: Yeah. Never doubt them. Never doubt the Rays. Yeah. They'll, they will find a way they will platoon and, opener and mix and match their way into a at least a good record if not a great record i really don't think that this Rays team is a real world series contender but i'm incredibly impressed with how well they've done during the regular season
1: yep and they make bad trades too they traded away yeah. really Adams for uh, a couple of relievers yeah tr- you know we'll and we'll see what the you know if like those guys you know turn out to be really you know nails in the playoffs or later on but mm-hmm. still Adamus certainly has paid off for the Brewers. Uh, Their four, and a, uh, your, your Jays are four and a half out in the wild card as well. The A's are kind of slipping. They're actually a game and a half behind the Yankees in the or a game and a uh-huh. half behind the Red Sox. Four games behind the Yankees in the wild card. Let's face it. At the beginning of the year, we were thinking, okay, there might be three teams in the AL East that get to the playoffs. We didn't. Uh-huh. I don't know if we expected it in this order, but here we are.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and it could be. I, I still think the A's have a really good chance to get back in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly, the Jays don't play the Red Sox again this season, so they're gonna have to catch them without playing yeah. them. They do play the Yankees a lot. I think for the Jays to have a chance, they need to go on a run. They need one of those nine to ten stretches and preferably that nine to 10 stretch needs to cover one of their I think two remaining Yankee series. I think they need need to play a Yankee series where they win two out of three or three out of four or something like that. And then that's immersed in a maybe a sweep in another series. And then that really pushes them back into the race. I don't know if this is just quite the Jays year. I think they're going to have five or six years with Bichette and Vlad and all these guys and be, and be like right in there. I just don't think I just don't. They're they're terrible. It's just not their year. They've had a terrible record in one run games. They've been so they've been a little unlucky. The offense has fallen flat a couple times when they really needed it. Although it's been really good overall, I just don't know if this is their year.
0: I I think they're just still
2: building. I think they're just still building. Like this was Vlad's breakout year. Bichette, interestingly enough, I just noticed this morning. I was going to mention this in our notes, but I didn't want to get too granular on him. But his his OPS has dropped below 800, which is not typically what you think of for a superstar. Right. I usually think of that at OPS being above a Now I know he could have a good week and it could be 820 again or something like that. But yeah, like he's been good this year, but more fantasy good than real life good and more counting stats good in real life because he's constantly hitting high in a really good lineup than where he's someone with like an 885 OPS who's just totally dominating. That hasn't been him this year. So I think there's room even for growth for some of these guys.
1: I'd agree. I'd yeah. agree with that. Something to watch for there. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about my Reds and talk about uh, some of the other uh, news and notes going around the league, a quick note from our title sponsor, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's Fancy Podcast. WinBet. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want to take a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W Y N N B E T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Thanks to Winbet and our Blue Wire sponsors for those uh, uh notes there. We appreciate their sponsorship. Uh let's talk Reds real quick. Yeah, it's pulling teeth for me to get to talk reds. <laughs> uh big, big series coming up. If there's any chance to win the division, they have to take at least two out of three, probably all three. I'd say all uh, three.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: yeah, it's all three. They're seven and a half back. The Brewers are just that good. It's like, you know. Yep. Even every time, you know, Reds are on this incredible run. I think, as you pointed out, they have uh, the best. They lead the majors in OPS in August. Joey Votto has been amazing. Still trade him in labor. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and yet they're they're gaining no ground on Milwaukee. It's crazy. Every time the Reds win, I turn up and, oh, there's Milwaukee winning. Partially because they're playing similar schedules. They're beating up on the NL Central. Reds got the Marlins over the weekend. That was nice and handy. Uh You have to win those games, but they're really taking advantage of a really, really nice, comfortable, friendly schedule.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it'll be hard to catch the Brewers because although the Reds have an easy schedule, the Brewers also have an easy schedule. So Mm -hmm. um, I I, I don't think yeah, like you said, they need a sweep and. Beyond that, I don't think it's gonna happen, but but aiming for the wild card and a one game playoff with the Dodgers or the Giants, I think is would be a great ending for where the Reds were, I think, going into this season. They don't have like a total ace to throw in that one game playoff, although Castillo's right. pitched a lot better recently. But um, yeah, if they get the Giants, like I don't know that the Giants really have a total ace. Gossman hasn't been quite as consistent in the second half. Um yeah, the Reds will be underdogs in that game no matter who they play, but it's one game and it's baseball. They could totally win it.
1: It's almost almost every option that the Giants have to throw against them is a former Red. Yeah. Gossman, uh you know, Desclafani, Alex yeah. Wood, Johnny Cueto, all it's former true. Reds at one point in time. Unless they throw a Webb at him. Um that, that would be the uh, exception. All and Webb's probably been their best
0: pitcher lately.
2: He would be yes. Webb would be a good for uh, for them to throw at, at them. The other th- interesting thing about them is uh, most of those guys you just mentioned are right-handed. Woods not, but most of them are right-handed. and The Reds are better against righties. Uh, I think they'd start a right-hander anyways. The Dodgers, unless they could get Kershaw in there, I guess they could get Arias in there, um, mm-hmm. you know. Just like came off the
1: I.L. today, by But it'd be hard not to yeah. start
2: Bueller or Scherzer. So yeah. uh, there's a good chance that the Red gets, if the Reds get to that one-game playoff, that they'll get to face a right-hander, which is right up, you know, Winker's alley and Votto's alley and the team in general. Yeah.
1: I'm still hoping they get there. I'm, I'm going to yeah. not worry about who they face and who they play. I mean, I have preferences, obviously, but mm-hmm. let's face it. You know, they just finally passed the Padres. Padres have been sinking for a while. Two out of the okay. last ten, uh, they just fired their pitching coach. Uh, the Padres did, and Larry Rothschild. Uh, okay. You know, they, the Padres are a mess. They get Darvish back this week, probably, and that that'll yeah. be big for them. But their starting pitching is just—it's really falling apart lately.
2: Absolutely. And I also think that the Padres for them, I think they could really use Tatis to go on a run because he's capable of that. And when he first came back, that first game, he was bananas. He got the four hits and the two homers. Um, of course he was on my, still in my IR on in labor and pretty much in Ted Wars and pretty much anyone else's team, but that's not, that's beside the point. Since that game uh, he's played, let's see here, three, six other games, three of them are at Coors field mm-hmm. in those six games. He has three hits. So they need him to go on a run. He's the kind of guy, right? Like he's the kind of guy who could could have a five homer week. He hits four hundred with five homers some week, or four homers, or something like that, and just powers their offense for for a while and and gets them on a on a you know on a bit of a heater. And maybe the other guys get going around him. I feel like the, it's asking a lot of Tatis. We know his shoulders right. playing not one hundred percent, but but he is you know right there in the discussion for the most talented you know, hitter in baseball. So I think, I think that's what they could really use is for Tatis to go on a run and, and really get them going, maybe overshadow a couple of week pitching performances. And then maybe, maybe they get things get going around him.
1: Yeah. And the lineup gets better around him when he's yeah. in there and, he, and he's firing all cylinders. All of a sudden, yeah. if you have to pitch around Tatis, then all of a sudden Machado's in a better spot. Cronenworth's mm-hmm. in a better spot. Mm-hmm. Now, the, but they, you know, they, they've kind of scuffled a little bit here and there. They got knocked around by the Phillies over the weekend. And, yep. uh, well, it's, it's it's tough to watch. Because remember, you know, do- Padres and Dodgers are playing each other this week right now. And, you know, we're like, oh, when do these guys meet up again? We're talking about this. This yeah. is, it's a shame that if they face each other, it'll have to be as, you know, a one-game play-in. Because there, there's no way for them to meet up in the finals. Well, there might be yep. a way now. I mean, might it's be. kind of funny. Yep. Yep. But, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just, you know, I feel bad for the Padres because they've tried. I always yep. want teams that have tried to do well. I think we talked about that last week. We
2: have, we did, yeah. yeah. And they should still have a window. A lot of their guys mm-hmm. are still under contract next season. You know, right. Tatis could be better next year. Maybe the shoulder holds up better after an mm-hmm. off-season arrest and everything. So, so I mean, they should have a window now of a few years. But, but this was for sure a, a, a big part of that open window.
1: Yeah. Going back yeah. to my Reds, Joey Votto has been amazing, awesome. Yeah. He, he he just decided he wanted to hit homers and. Okay, I'll hit homers now. I'll swing with more of an uppercut. And he's been able to do it just on the fly. It's worked. It's a sight to behold.
2: And you traded him.
1: I did. So, I well, first so of all, did I traded you, for him. Yeah. Let, let's let's set that record straight. As yeah. people well know, yeah. when I made a trade, I traded in Kennedy for him. I'm trying to emulate you. Just everybody's tradable for the right price, right? They are. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: when you traded him, you traded him for Max Fried, Correct.
1: I did trade him for Max free,
2: which is a trade that would have looked amazing at, at the beginning of the season, but now looks fair. Um, yeah. So did you actively try to not trade Votto just because it's no. Votto and it's your reds, you know, it was with Steve Gardner. Is that correct?
1: It is. It and is.
2: when you were talking to Steve, were, was there ever a point in the discussions where you're like, could you take someone else? Like, could you take Chris Bryant? Could you take, as a matter of
1: fact, he said he'd do it for either Votto or Bryant. And I, I chose oh. Votto. Because Bryant wow. runs a little bit, yeah. Bado does. does not, yeah. And if you yep. look at the standings, yeah, I'm tied for first in home runs, right? Yep. Uh, okay, with this, this Zach Steinhorn from Creative yep. Sports, uh, who you made a trade with, yeah. Uh, I I'm for second in RBI. However, I'm I've got like five and a half points in wins. Mm-hmm. My ERA and WHIP are okay, but they're they could be better. I need starting pitching, and yeah a lot of the offers I was getting uh, were for lesser pitchers. I thought Freed was the best pitcher that I'd been offered so far, at least on a one-to-one deal. Uh, you know, right. and, you know, we can talk about, you know, the deal that didn't happen with us so far. And you know, I kind of thought that, you know, that partially because I was traveling a lot last week. And so we were just doing it by, you know, direct message and things like that. I, I actually pulled the trade off on the plane on the, nice. on the flight home from uh, North Carolina uh, and just was emailing with Steve. And, you know, I thought Freed was the best pitcher. Plus, Atlanta has a very nice schedule in September. They've been riding. They're red hot right now. They've been riding this schedule. I thought that, you know, someone who is chasing wins, got to get a guy on a good team. Atlanta qualifies.
2: Yeah, and I think it makes a lot of sense, actually. The more I look at your roster, so Bryant's actually your only third base eligible player. So that really, that alone would mean that I couldn't trade Bryant. Like, I'd have to trade Votto.
1: I thought I had another third base
2: eligible. I don't think so. Yeah, I think you're uh, right actually. Now yeah. I'm looking at so, you're right. So that's huge. Like had you traded Bryant, and that was actually the situation when I traded you Votto, was that I had yeah. um Freeman, Hosmer, Votto, and and Fran Mel Reyes jamming up my utility spot. So I just didn't have room for Votto. Now in the end I should have traded you Hosmer, but um right. but what I didn't know that at the time. But yeah, you have you have extra first baseman. They're not amazing, but you have extra first baseman and you don't have extra third baseman. So that makes sense. It's just, it would be, it's just so hard to, but it's fantasy. I get it. I would do the same thing, but I just wondered yep. to what degree you hesitated and thought, how oh, can, yep. I, can I give you Adam Duvall instead? Can I give you, you know, I mean, Adam Duvall, I, you say, come on, I'm going to take a but Adam Duvall has say, almost the same amount of home runs, more RBIs. You know what I mean? Like Adam Duvall's been right. really productive this year. Um, yeah, well, but- and I,
1: I'm glad you brought that up because it, it, it's kind of cool uh that if you you know look at my team and I, I have, you know, I'm having a good year with these guys, but it's funny. I don't have like that one guy that's carrying nope. me. I have, which is actually very advantageous. Uh If you think if you're getting 20 homers from lots of different guys, you, you're going to add up and I have 20 homers from Cesar Hernandez, 24 from Baez, who is back uh, this week. Chris Bryant's got 22. Dansby Swanson 25 and 9. A little appreciation from Dansby Swanson, love him, doubled her again today, yep. by the way. Uh, you know, it's it, it's it's really nice. Uh, 27 from Duvall, Teoscar Hernandez, who you know is a favorite of mine, 22 yep. 84, hitting 305, eight 305. Is to, amazing,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, he, he's been amazing. I wish I had more of Teoscar, but the point is that, that that's it's spreading it out. Plus, I've got guys like 15 and 17 here and there. AJ Pollock's been just on fire he's been a lot of fun so mm-hmm. it get, it a lot like i can trade one guy and i feel like i'm not going to lose out a whole lot there and i know i need starting pitching help yeah and, it, and what's amazing
2: about your team is and this is, goes into so much of like how we think we know when we draft but we don't mm-hmm. know you started right. pitcher pitcher like you started with cole and and giolito like you started a yep. pitcher pitcher. So you would think at this time of the year, it would be your home run stats that were not good enough. And your pitching would be right. really good. And Cole's been pretty much everything that you could have wanted. I mean, if he's off pace of what you could have wanted, it's not by much. Um, Giolito obviously hasn't been quite what you wanted, but he's still been quite good and, and helpful. And, you know, when you have closers and everything else. So in Sandy Alcantara in the middle rounds, like kind of early middle rounds, like has worked out fine but it, it's your hitting that's been most really
1: fine he's frustrating
2: <sighs> yeah but it's all if you just put him in line I mean he's only at seven he's wins. not frustrating the Marlins the are Marlins frustrating. are frustrating the seven wins are frustrating but the ratios are good the strikeouts are actually what we expected he's not a huge strikeout guy right. um, but it's just a neat example that you can build a really good offense uh, without starting without taking hitters in the first couple of rounds because well, uh, that's what you did.
1: A- yeah. And I, I made a point of pounding hitters after those first two. Yeah. Real Muto, Grisham, Hernandez, uh, Bias, Swanson, Chris Bryant. Got Kenley in the ninth. Then one of my biggest whiffs of the year, Clint Frazier in the 10th round. Yeah. I have Clint Frazier in so many different leagues, Fred. And <laughs> boy, was I wrong. I was aggressively wrong on him. He has been, he you know, he's been awful. He's been hurt uh, and he's long term hurt. It, it's really been frustrating.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's one that. Well, I guess you can't put it in your mind because you want to learn from it from next year. If you think there's anything to glean from it that you can, that you, for next year, I don't know if I don't know what exactly the takeaway is there. But yeah, he's right. been been he was your guy, I think, who you probably mentioned the most and got the least out of this year.
1: Perhaps, perhaps, definitely. Yeah. Uh, we we did talk about. It. I also whiffed really hard on Christian Walker. Okay, he, he, five homers this year, five. One of yeah. them on Sunday, I think, against in, in course Field. And then uh, uh, the guy at, I took a, a huge whiff on a guy I never, t- you know, I always talk about not taking Leo de Tavares, you know, the, the, the speed uh-huh. goof, you uh-huh. know, and he, he, he can't hit period. You know, he was, he was yeah. awful. Barely lasted two weeks, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What's good is is he took him at least late enough that he can't really sewer you. So it's True. fine, but you're, but you're right. Like that's the kind of guy that you usually rally against taking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? But what's good is like, like I said, looking at your lineup. Like, also, not only did you not take pit hitters in the first couple rounds, you you aren't the guy who lucked into. No, I wouldn't say lucked into, but ran into Vlad Otani, something like that. Like, you don't have a guy in your team with thirty home runs yet. You know, Votto was your leader. Now Duvall's your leader. You don't have a guy with fifteen steals. They're just accumulating, right. and I think that's a great way to to build an offense.
1: Yeah, it's handy. Now I'd like to have those guys and just blow, blow, blow everyone out of the water. That would that be Happen. Yes. Uh, so unfortunately, yeah, and yeah. So we'll, we'll see uh, how I can. You know, we finish off. Now we're talking about the, a glorious fourth place run so far. So let's not get too <laughs> proud of ourselves on that yep. one. There. You made a trade in this league too.
2: Yeah, I picked up Jazz Chisholm, traded Framber Valdez. I like Framber Valdez a lot. Uh, yep. He was my probably my favorite like non ace like but maybe could be an ace type pitcher those those guys who are knocking on the door who could maybe be an ace before he got hurt in spring training mm-hmm. he's been fine since he's been back he's been good actually and uh, his control just hasn't been quite as good as maybe we are hoping for right. um, in certain situations. I wouldn't trade him for jazz Chisholm, but my middle infield is a total mess. And I do have a fair amount of pitching. I was the guy who grabbed Alec Manoa off waivers and, and some of my, some of my pitchers have worked out uh, Well, I got them back. At least I got Eliza Hernandez back and um, you know, I found Alec wood early, Alex wood early in the season. I've got, you know, uh, Woodruff, I've got Rodon. So I've got some pitching, um, so I made that trade. I, I don't think it's a win trade, but uh, I my team just can't hit. And and Jazz Chisholm is the kind of guy who could have some really big weeks. We'll see. He also has some really bad weeks, but he's got 14 yeah. homers and 13 steals, and he's missed a decent chunk of the season with an injury. So, um, you know, if he'd been healthy all season, he might be a 2020 guy right now. So he's that kind of guy who could maybe have some big weeks for me down the stretch. We'll see about that, but at least there's potential there.
1: Yeah, there is. Um, maybe I'll trade. Uh, maybe I'll try to get one more starter, trade a middle infielder for you. I mean, I've got. Yeah, you know, I know you're not a big Cesar Hernandez family, but I do have Javi Bias, Dansby Swanson, Josh Rojas, Jed Lowry. I've got you know You've middle infielders guys. coming out coming out of my ears, so that's good. It's good to have that. Uh, I guess I did a little hoarding there, I suppose, but uh, that that's a, that's okay. Uh, I didn't hoard starting pitching apparently, or at least <laughs> I didn't do a good job of it there. Yeah. Um, we had a fab battle on Joe Barlow, and that lasted all of like, you know, it, it, it did nothing uh, for us. Uh, I don't think I got anything out of him. Uh, even nothing. He's on the you, IL Trust now.
2: me, you didn't, because I didn't get anything out of him in my other leagues. But yeah. he could come back. It's labor, so you can hold him in your yeah. IL. And he could come back and get you some saves at some point. So right. if it was NFBC, it'd be even more frustrating because you'd probably have to cut him because you need the roster spot. But in labor, you can stash him. Maybe, maybe he closes the last three weeks of the season or something.
1: Yep. Yep. Those there, there's not like there's anybody established in Texas. Yeah, you, know, you can go on right, to the next guy exactly. there, but yeah, the only problem is there might only not have they might not have too many uh, save opportunities to go chase, but we'll see. Right. Uh, we'll talk more about closers, and in fact, just talk about some of the bad closers in baseball right now. But first, a note from our friends at Thrive. NFL is back on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has over a hundred thousand dollars guaranteed for NFL Week One. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free 6-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim your free RotoWire subscription. 1. Visit rotowire.com/thrive. 2. Deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. 3 play in your first paid contest and receive a free 6-month Rotowire subscription. Easy peasy. That's all you have to do. Thanks to the folks at Thrive for that. Uh okay, so you brought up Daniel Bard, uh who is you know, not good. Not good, but you don't always have to be good and still be valuable in fantasy.
2: Better to be lucky than good, I guess that's the, the going back to the famous line. In, in his case, that that matters. He's blown seven saves this year, but they keep running him out there. He's got seven wins. He's got twenty saves. That's good in this era. Yeah. Terrible era four sixty eight. Even worse whip one fifty six. But he's got you guys he's got you 20 saves and seven wins and you probably got him in round i don't know beyond this you got him in the second half of your draft somewhere so this is a weird season this is the kind of i guess this is what counts as a successful season from a rockies closer
1: yeah i think that's right yeah Uh, (laughs) i think that's right um i I, so it made me think about like you were talking about okay other bad closer seasons the all-time had had to be brad lidge eight losses 721 era (laughs) <laughs> Yet he still got you 31 saves that year.
2: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 0-8. Like, they couldn't even pick him up in the 11 blown saves and give him a win. 0-8 in those – but they still went with him for 31 saves. So, yeah, that one's got to be – that's got to be about as bad as it gets.
1: Charlie Manuel, the uh, all-time and loyalty to a closer, I guess. But uh, I guess. And he and bounced you, back in at good seasons after yeah,
2: that. I was going to say, like, the year before he was amazing, the year after – uh, he was pretty good and then, and then not much and his career basically fizzled after that but yeah i mean it does show i guess that like he he's an example of someone who had built up a lot of currency on his team right he had, had several right. years of being the closer and being a good reliever for them uh so that built him up some well i guess not always with the phillies but just in general in baseball with Houston and with the phillies so um Anyways, but with Bard, he didn't even have that. Like it's not like Bard has been, you know, a long time closer or anything like that. He's a neat story last season, but that's about it. So if you told me that Bard would have a 156 whip right now, you know, how many saves would he have? I would say I would not say 20. I if you'd asked me that back in March.
1: No, no, that's for sure. Yeah. I think of also some of the uh, Rockies closers over the years because they've had a lot of guys like that. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. nice. it's impossible to pitch in Coors Field. Yep. Uh, you can get some bad years. Sean Chacon comes to mind, yep. though, as a guy that had a similar type of season. Okay, check this out. In, 19, in 2004, 35 saves. Okay, great. A 7-11 whip, a 1-9 and record. Uh, or 7-11 ERA, ERA excuse me. Yeah. A one a 7-11 whip would be like criminal. Uh, yeah. 1.942 whip uh, even as FIP he wasn't unlucky 657 FIP ERA I mean it was just hideous I mean there's and it's just thing it's really hard to pitch there I get it and it just shows though that saves from bad closers can still happen
2: yeah, absolutely. Uh, Houston Street is someone who I thought of who, you know, went to Colorado. He was a closer for a couple mm-hmm. years. He was he was okay in those two years. He got forty nine saves, and his ERA both years was under four. His WHIPs were decent. He was okay, and then they got him out of there, and he went to San Diego, and then was yep. better in San Diego. Not surprisingly, than he was. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but he was someone who I remember thinking like like he barely did it. He's one of the guys who did it, who pitched in Coors. Was a closer, you know, got his 20-something saves. Now, when he got his 20-something saves, that was 2009 and 10. That's a time when a lot of guys were getting 35-40 when he was getting 20-something. So it still wasn't great because the Rockies play a lot of lopsided games in Coors Field. So that hurts their closer too. So, you know, I, I won't be after Bard next year even if he is still their closer Uh, Even no matter what happens the rest of the season, I can't see me round 25, sure, round 23 or something, but no, he won't still be there. Someone will go for him.
1: Yeah. four sixty eight or ERA in this era. That's not even that bad. I mean, it's right. Comparatively speaking. Yeah. So here's the more interesting question I think is, okay, you tell me at the beginning of the season, this is what his stats will be. Mm -hmm. You're going to get seven wins out of him. You're going to get 20 saves. You just have to eat these ratios. You can't Mm -hmm. stream. You can't like pick your spots. You're getting 63 K's also in Mm -hmm. 50 innings. Yeah. What is that worth to you? Hmm.
2: I, a lot earlier than he was drafted. If I knew I was going to get the seven wins. So, I mean, he probably finishes the season with maybe eight wins and like 25 saves. Um, and now you've asked a question that takes me back to those retro drafts. We did where you already knew the stats and where would you take them? Uh, around 10, 12, something like that, probably to get those wins and those saves Maybe around 12, something like that. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll eat the ratios. So, I mean, because especially like you said, the ERA is not a killer. It doesn't help. It's not a killer. The whip right. is a killer.
1: You're not, he's, not you. You know, he's not gobbling you. He's not, he's
2: yeah. not, not with 50 innings so far. He's not killing you. His, his ERA is basically yeah. a run over what your team ERA would be. Right. Uh, it's the whip that that's like a good, like 30, 35 points over what your team will be. Yeah,
1: and let's not let's not forget that Gomber isn't hurting you this year. By the way, he's not. Um,
2: he's in my lineup after I traded away Fran Valdez in that labor league. I put Gomber in for this week.
1: I picked him up in a twelve this week. Good. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, so. he did have a he's had a little bit of shakiness actually the last couple starts. So we'll yep. see. One of them was at home, though. One was at San Fran. They're good offense. I don't know. I I'll, I'll right. believe in him at least through this week.
1: Yeah, because the original Gombering was at San Francisco. So uh, that's true. He does get the Cubs this week, and I think the other starts pretty decent too. Uh, so yeah, but uh, I think it is interesting. You know, you, you got to just eat some bad innings, but it's only fifty innings. Also, think about that. Yeah, a four sixty eight at fifty innings. I, I you know rather have that than you know four forty and hundred and in fifty innings. Yeah, you know, it's like yep. yeah, I, I can I can recover a little bit quicker from that. Plus, you get in the goodness of saves, which is so hard to get.
2: Yeah. And in a season where there are no longer 30 closers, there's like 20 or 23 or something like that. Right. So right, right. you're getting, you're getting one, you're getting one of the 20 or 23 or whatever closers that there are in baseball. When you take out all the, the situations like the Rays and the Reds and teams like that, that don't have a
1: closer. Let's say uh, we do have, let's stipulate that we do have a regular season next year. What are you doing with the closer position?
2: Um. I went early a lot this year. I don't regret it. Um, mm-hmm. I had one huge whiff and that was in the main event. It was Trevor Rosenthal in round six and I got like a complete zero. Yeah, but out that's of him. not like
1: a skill whiff. That's just, bad it luck.
2: wasn't. And it was too, and it's just too bad. So uh, my other early round closers, and I think this is indicative of the early round closers this year. Josh Hader has been great. Liam Hendricks has been fine. He hasn't been, Liam Hendricks hasn't been amazing, but he's been fine. Right. Um, Chapman's been fine. He had that rough stretch, but overall he's been fine. I took Ryan. Ryan Presley early in a draft. He, he doesn't have as many saves as you would think no, he, he would, yeah. but, but he's, but that's not, that's not on him. Like he's been fine. Right. Um, so in general, if you took early closers this year and you didn't take Trevor Rosenthal, you know, your Iglesias was a pretty early closer this year. He's been, yep. he's been good. Um, I'm inclined to get at least one. I think I'm, I, I would be pretty sure that I'll take one in the first six or seven rounds next year at least, and then could take two. That'll probably be dependent on whether when I'm projecting and ranking players, there's a guy who I like, who I think I can get later, you know, who I like versus his ADP. And if there's not, so in one draft, uh, Jeff Zimmerman and I took Hayter and Hendricks on the three, four turn from the 15 spot. And I don't Mm -hmm. regret it. And that team's doing good, but not great. But the problem with them isn't those guys. The problem was Cody Bellinger on the one, two turn. That was the bigger problem. And Trevor story actually, hasn't been great either. He was on the one, two turn as well, but, but I don't regret the Hendricks hater. Like it's been fine. Like we're at the top of the league in saves and, you know, like I said, Hendricks could have been better, but he's been pretty good. And we haven't had to spend any fab or anything on closers during the season. So
1: that's um, huge right there too. Yeah. you You don't have that uncertainty.
2: I know. Now, now I will say the trickle-down effect of that was that our first starter was was uh, Zach Granke. Uh, I think that was on the 5-6 turn. I can't totally remember. Uh, he hasn't been great. He's been kind of, I guess, what Zach Granke's supposed to be. We've mistimed him a couple of times from mm-hmm. our... Rotation our bench, but but it does hurt. You don't have an ace if you're gonna, if but you're your gonna first
1: starter is someone you're considering benching. I mean, that, that's your sign right there, though,
2: right? Yeah, but his numbers are actually are better than maybe I shouldn't have ever considered benching him because the ZRA and stuff it's just, just the strikeout rates really low, right. um Yeah, I wouldn't mind next year getting an ace maybe in the first couple rounds, a closer in like rounds four or five, and then if there's a closer I like in six or seven, maybe get another one. I, I don't know, it's it's early to think, but. I, like I think we have to start next year by deciding how many closers are there really in Major League Baseball, and how many teams are telling us already they don't, they aren't going to have one. Right. We yeah, used I to just roll our important. eyes at that, but we shouldn't anymore.
1: No, of course. David Bell said it said so much on the Saturday at three twenty seven, the main event. I'm doing it with Tim Schuler at the first yeah. break that he came out with this. We're going to share it. Like, okay, he says that, but it's going to be Amir. It's going to be Amir Garrett. He right. No, it was not Amir Garrett was emphatically not amir garrett but uh i know so i'm
2: starting to yeah when managers say this now i'm starting to believe them i remember so Mm -hmm. i used to do the mlb.com fantasy podcast with matthew leach who used to cover the Cardinals. yeah i know matthew and he was in there he was in that locker room for years and he used to always say and matthew wasn't like a fantasy big fantasy guy but he was a baseball guy obviously and right he would say from his years of covering teams, if a manager says he's not going to name a closer, you just wait. Like he'll name a closer. There will be a closer. Some guy will get three saves in a row, and he'll just become a closer. And back when we were doing that podcast, so say like 2015 or something, that was he was Matthew was usually right. But the last couple of years, it's changed. It's it's not all. It doesn't work that way. A lot of these teams who say they're not going to have a closer, they don't.
1: Yeah, well, what I think is they all like to copycat what what's working, and you know yep. the Rays, it's working. Yep. The, it, the opener worked for them. Their management of the bullpen works for them. But you two things have to happen. You have to have actually talented arms, and you have to have a manager who's got a deft touch at that. And mm-hmm. I think Kevin Cash is underrated in his ability to manage the bullpen. Otherwise, you get the these legions of copycats that are the lesser you know alternative. They're you know they're you know they're a lesser model of it. there, and the Reds being a perfect example of that. Uh, I don't think Bell always has the best touch at when to pull a guy, when to bring in somebody else, who to bring in all that. Uh, although that said, I mean, you know, look at, you know, you, you might be a bad chef, but look at the ingredients that uh, the that, yeah. the restaurants bought him yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I also think
2: that, um, you, that the, just the mentality of relief pitchers themselves, I think major league baseball has changed that in the last five to 10 years where, you know, I, I used to think there was so much ego trip in being the closer, and that still exists to a point, but I think mm-hmm. that's faded. Like, I don't think pitchers, even in management around baseball, think Daniel Bard is super valuable because he's getting saves. Like, I don't, they don't even believe that. And you look at teams with, with closers like the Dodgers, and if they don't feel like using Kenley, they just use someone else and nobody cares. And they'll just use him next time. And, right. And will throw the ninth or something like that, like, or trying and like, I think. I think even players now have bought into this. Like when the Jays at the beginning of the year, they didn't re- when they lost Kirby um, Yates, they didn't really have a closer, and then they, right. then they, they basically said like we don't care, like we'll figure it out if we get good relief innings from our pitchers, we'll figure it out. And it was Merriweather, and then it was Dolice and you know, and now it's Romano who ends up being their best reliever. But um, who was the
1: best reliever all along, by the way?
2: Probably, although I do think Merriweather was going to be a good reliever. If I didn't agree get with on that. I yeah, agree on that. So, but they didn't care. They just wanted good relief innings, and and Tmp. And i think even this has trickled down to pitchers because baseball players are smart i find com- like in their ability to analyze their own sport compared right. to sometimes athletes in other sports where you know they they look at fan graphs and things like that and and they get it if, if you're pitching against three four five hitters in the eighth inning like you just handled the highest leverage inning they get that and management gets it and players get it so i think now it has trickled down to the point where you don't have to manage egos as much in a major league bullpen as you used to and you can have a a Jordan Romano and you can say, Hey, tonight you're going in, in the eighth because this is who we need you to face these guys. And he'll be like, yeah, perfect. Let's do this. Let's win the game. I think 10 years ago, you get brush back from that pitcher and he would say, no, no, no. Like I'm the closer. Like, yeah, I don't go.
1: You had more established closers. You did. Too, that's right. There are veterans that have been there in that yeah. spot. Whereas you, you don't, you know, and I'm just got, i just got uh distracted because i have a sale. garcia crushed the ball but it got caught on the warning track so I'm, I'm happy now but anyhow um yeah you're right and the thing is you don't have that so you had more guys like you're gonna tell sparky lyle that no you're not gonna do that um yeah it, although i'll say it, it, it has worked in previous eras look at the 1990 reds they did the nasty boys thing yeah uh, they had dibble and myers and charlton and you know charlton was the young guy in that group but they were able to kind of subsume their egos to make it work, but that's it also because they were kicking ass and taking names, you know, and that helps. It, it yeah. wasn't on a bad team. It was on a very good team that got off to a great start that year.
2: Yeah. I, I, a modern example of that I haven't, unless I missed it, I haven't heard any complaints from Craig Kimbrell uh, since he got traded to the White Sox. Like he's gone to the White Sox. He has had, no saves as a member of the White Sox. He hasn't pitched as well for the White Sox as he did with no, the Cubs. But, but, but I don't. I, but I'm sure he's trying. So I, I haven't heard anything from him saying, "Well, oh, I'm not pitching the eighth inning. I'm Craig Kimbrel. I got 371 career saves. I'm not pitching the eighth inning." Like I think that you would have heard a huge stink about that 10 or 20 years ago from someone with Kimbrel's resume. Like this is someone who can easily, in his career, if it goes well, easily get to 500 saves and could get beyond that if the like like the way he bounced right. back this season he's someone who could easily put together four more 30 homer see or 30 save seasons, something like that if he had finished this year with the cubs he you know he could he's someone who could get to 500 career saves which would be pretty impressive in this generation um you know he gets traded to the white Sox. they already have a closer he hasn't had a save yet he hasn't i haven't heard him complain as i said i don't know how that mm-hmm. would have gone over as well. I don't know if that would have gone over as well previously, but I think he, under, I think he probably gets it. and He's still getting paid. He's got, a well, contract. That's, that's
1: the point. He he's getting yeah. paid. He'll be p- getting paid next year too. I think that's another thing. It'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens. Uh, you know, how, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the white Sox in this off season with him. Yes. Do they keep, they keep him around. Of course, all of this is predicated, though, on a deal getting done. I mean, that, we always say it's, you know, that, that's the thing that's super annoying right now. It's like, I want to speculate on player mm-hmm. moves. I don't want to speculate on the CBA. But here yeah. we are. Uh, so and that's going to dictate a lot of things, too. Uh, before we uh, move on, a uh, couple other notes before we sign off today. But uh, quick note from our good friends at Yahoo. Uh, the, the new NFL season is fast approaching. And Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. Yahoo is excited to announce that its platform will now be shark-free. No Fred Zinke hanging out in your pool. (laughs) To celebrate the opening of Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football and being shark-free, Yahoo is giving users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry uh, credit offer to join Yahoo's Week 1 $1,000,000 baller contest. The $1,000,000 baller contest features 200000 in guaranteed pricing overlay. 25% of the players entered will be paid out, including first place, receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM Harbor, National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play f- daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit uh, sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer avoid Fred Zinke. That's all you have to do. It's very simple, very easy. Fred, are you a daily player? I mean, I know you're kind of, I guess with Yahoo, you're kind of limited in what you can do, right?
2: Yeah. So I'm not a big daily player, um, but speaking of Yahoo and football, I do have some Yahoo football articles coming out next week, next week. So I don't do a ton of football articles, but I do do a series, uh, you know, as we get close to draft day of some of my favorite value picks and guys I'm avoiding and things like that. And I've probably done so far about a half a dozen uh, drafts. So, but because I'm not really in that football world of preaching who to take and who not to take, my voice never really gets out there. So I, so it's fun. I do that one series usually, you know, once I've done a bunch of drafts and and get out some of my favorite you know players to target or fade, uh, so those are coming out next week.
1: Nice, looking forward to it. There. Yeah. Uh, let's close off a couple other notes here. Um, we we got some uh, late news uh, from earlier in the day because we we recorded later. Jacob Degrom getting an MRI tomorrow, and we talked earlier about the do you drop, and yeah, and Phil DeSalt did so, and he's looking pretty darn smart right now.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think I think I would drop. I've seen him drop now in more leagues. I think mm-hmm. we brought a lot of attention to that. We talked about Phil's thing. I did an article on it, too, and then branched off into other players you can drop, and we talked about that article. So it got a lot of buzz, I think, and then I've seen more people in that NFBC universe um, drop DeGrom. So, yeah, he's getting another MRI. I, I, the Mets are kind of falling out of it. I think I think you're pretty safe to drop him now. And the thing is, if, if you miss two to Grom starts. I don't know. I don't know if that really changed your league. He's down to nine. I just looked it up. He's down to 92% in Yahoo. He was 99 when I wrote the article. So, and nobody ever says a hundred, whatever, however they set their platform. They just, you just say 99. So he's probably was a hundred, but he's down to 92. So, so there is movement.
1: There is, there is. Uh, What about Mike Trout? No rehab assignment yet. I've held on to him in my AL only league forever. And we don't even have an IL. I mean, we have three bench spots. It's an AL only. It's my home league. It's the one that started Roto-Wire. Uh, I'm not winning this year. I did not win last year. I'm starting to get frustrated with, uh, you know, this whole Stars and Scrubs approach. It's not working so well right now.
2: Yeah, with Trout, I think um, it, because he's a position player, I would think I would hold a little while longer. Uh, just with DeGrom, he's going to have to ramp back up. Trout's not to the same degree. He could go on a rehab assignment for a week, five days, something like that. You know, we could find out by the weekend that he's starting one on Monday, and he's back by the end of next week. So I think I would hold him for another week or two. Trout's going to be a really interesting draft decision, I think, next year, just in the yeah. sense of, um, you know, he's now hit 30 years old. Uh, this season, he's going to play 50 games or less, probably. Right. Um you know, he's been consistently missing chunks of the season. Last year was pretty good, but it was such a short year. But the year before that, 134, and before that, 140, and before that, 114. Um, I don't know. He, he's awesome. Mike Trout's a great player. He doesn't steal bases anymore at all. And he, seems to have a bit of a knack the last few years for getting hurt and those two things are a problem if you're taking someone in the first two rounds so is he going to be in he'll be in the first two rounds I really think he will be on name value but I, I will have no interest in Meg Trout in round one next year I can almost guarantee that now and probably not much interest in round two I, and it's hard to it say me
1: to a, say that but he could be I, the
2: best player in baseball next year he, he might be the best player still right now he still has a, a 1090 OPS this year in the games he did play He's awesome.
1: Yeah, he is. He but is. But I
2: don't think I, we'll see about round two. I will have. I'm sure I will have no interest in him uh, because I'll have him projected for four steals. And but I'm gonna have to think about projecting him for one hundred and thirty games or something like that, and not one hundred and fifty.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that. I, th- I mean, I think that's what we talked <laughs> about last year, and then we said, "Ah, screw it. I'm still gonna take him," uh, and all that. <laughs> Uh, just a news item here. Uh, ongoing game one of the things about doing the game, uh, the pod while games are going on on Tuesday night, Jack Flaherty is like losing velocity, he's given up back to back homers against the Tigers. Uh, velocity is down, they said, and a trainer is going out. So, remember, he spent a good amount of time on the yeah. IL, was good in his first couple starts back. Now, granted, it was an oblique injury, it wasn't an arm injury, but I'm worried. I'm I'm really worried about this. And you know, obviously if you held on to Flirt and you got him active now, this is devastating.
2: Yeah, and if he does end up on the IL, I think that's I think he'll be a drop. Um yeah. just because he's already had an injury you know, like you said, the velocity's down. If he does end up on the I.L., you're probably looking at a mid-September return at the earliest. They could easily drop completely, you know, mathematically out, and he just doesn't come back at all. And then he'll be a really interesting guy next year. Last year was such a weird year with him, with the COVID thing that interrupted the Cardinals' season. And then his stats aren't good next last year. Uh, but it got so messed up that it's hard to know what to take from that. The year before, he was great. And this year, he was great, but if this ends up being him back on the IL he might not make 15 starts next year so he he's going to end up being that boomer bust number 2 starter in fantasy next year i think he he won't have enough you won't be able to project enough innings probably to put him in with the aces yeah. but he'll be that boomer bust like this year when we saw maybe around when we saw Corbin Burns this year where you're like this guy if it turns out he could really dominate my league but i don't know if i but i can't project him for enough innings to put him as as my ace
1: I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think he's. I don't think he's got the boom potential of Burns, though. I mean, I don't know. I mean, unless something I have changes here. I, yeah, I, I
2: mean, this year he's he's nine and one with a two sixty eight ERA and a point nine six WHIP. So, I mean his his FIPs three sixty three hasn't been quite maybe as good as ZRA. ERA, but I mean those are. Like 268 ERA is is this year is pretty good and I mean if you take out 2020 and 2019 at a 275 ERA and a .97 WHIP and that was over a full season so I mean that I guess that I guess 2019's is upside it'll just depend what he looks like in spring training he will be one of those guys to monitor in spring training especially if this injury is something he'll be one of those guys where we're watching the velocity we're watching every start Um, could he be 2019 Jack Flaherty again because if he is you know he like he's an ace but there's just going to be a lot of, a lot to worry about there.
1: Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, let's close out with Clayton Kershaw. Uh, you know, he threw a little today, but they don't know if he's going to be able to start by the end of the season. If he can get ramped up in that amount of time. Remember when we thought, Oh, it might be Dodgeritis, you know, they, you know, right before the all-star break. And it turns out, no, it's actually something a lot more serious. I dropped him a week and a half ago and TGFBI, Justin Mason picked him up this week. Uh, what do you do with, kershaw next year say he comes back pitches and yeah, maybe two or three starts in the playoffs was okay like you know, three five four era in the playoffs nothing special are we at the point in his career where you have to discount him a little bit more because of uh, fragility uh because of you know just age and, de- and declining what are you going to do with him next year
2: yeah he'll be another one with in my projections with a pretty low innings total like he's at 106 this year um you know, last year he worked out fine. He threw 58, made 10 starts. Yeah. But again, shortened season, like, we can't take that as being durable. Um, Because, again, like, he's someone who's a better pick in, in sorry, in April than he is mm-hmm. by September. Uh, and then before that, like, he hasn't had a 30-start season since 2015. So you got to build in that injury time. And maybe now I have to build in a little more than I would have before. So if before I was projecting maybe, like, 170 innings, like, maybe next year I need to project, like, 140, and I bet by the time I project 140, 145, I mean, you can build in a little bit of replacement level value, because when he's on your IL, you can use someone else, but uh, he'll be in the number two. He's got a strikeout right back up this year, so maybe he could be in that low-end number two type discussion, mid-number two. He was someone who rose a lot in March, late March, I found. He sure did. People were. It's like once... It was well, like any,
1: any. Portland storm.
2: Yes. Oh, once, sorry,
1: sorry, sorry. Go ahead.
2: So I was just going to say once the starting pitcher started moving way up and people started looking around and trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get a starter? Who who can I take once Darvish and Scherzer and these guys are gone? And then Kershaw started finding his way into the end of round two.
1: Yeah. Although late in the main event, he started going back down because remember, he got cuffed around a couple of times. In the, right. At, in spring training it, like got really crushed actually, uh, yeah. And that, and yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know. I mean, we gotta, we really have to, uh, think about that, think about this in a way that, too, like these innings matter, you know, being able to yes. project You know, there's a reason why when you run your projections and you give a guy fewer innings, you're like, you know, all that. Oh, I don't know why he spits out a fifth round value, a seventh mm-hmm. round value it's because it just it really has a big impact and you start to feel it over the long season there you're like oh
2: yeah and i mean we'll say you know we're looking for guys who throw lots of innings and then people will say and I get it. They'll be like, "Well, you don't get fantasy points for innings," and it's true. It's just that if I'm only going to project Clayton Kershaw for 145 innings next year, then I can only project him for like 160 strikeouts. And if yes. I can only project him for 160 strikeouts, he's not going to get that high in my rankings. And if I'm only projecting him for 145 innings, I can only project him for maybe like 11 wins, right? Or something like that, 12 wins maybe. And then, and again, that's going to leave him behind the other pitchers. Now, I will say with Kershaw, there's nothing wrong with the way he's pitched this year. This is his lowest FIP since 2016. So I mean, he's pitched fine. Um, That's true. You know, his his whips below one. But I think just knowing the process, and you know the process too, if I go and plug in a 330 ERA and a 1.00 whip, but I only plug them in across 140 innings, 145 innings with 11 wins and maybe 160 strikeouts, he's not going to come out that high. He's going to come out as a number two starter and maybe not even like a high end. He'll come out as a number two starter. I think Yeah. those numbers, that's just my guess off the top of my head, but, and it'll be the same thing with Flaherty. I'll I'll project good ratios. It's, am I going to project 140 innings or am I going to project like 175 innings? Cause that's the difference for him of like 45 strikeouts and three or four more wins. And that's what bumps him up your rankings. If you're using an SGP formula.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. By the way, update on Florida. He did leave the game holding his side. So did he oh, okay. aggravate his oblique, you know, it's something worth yeah. checking on. At least also, that,
2: if it's that, that'd be less concerning for next year.
1: True. Yeah. Also, although, I mean, he was out a long time yep. with his oblique injury. It's not like they rushed yep. him back. Uh, yep. Willie Adamas is also left uh, tonight's game. I don't have the reason for that yet. So by the time you hear this, we'll have a reason. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, we're not just going to hang out. And just yeah, out and we'll
0: just
2: stick out. on here until the game yeah. ends. And the reporters get in the locker room.
1: Sorry, yeah. soccer team. I was going to run practice yeah. tonight, but I had to wait and find out more about Adama. So yeah, uh, no. no. Yeah. So that's going to wrap up today's pod. Want to thank uh, you know, WinBet for their sponsorship. Thank you guys for listening. It means a lot that you know you subscribe, you listen to us, uh, you give us good feedback. We we enjoy doing this, and uh, hopefully, you got a lot of value out of it. Uh, let us know what you want to hear as we finish down our stretch run. Thanks for listening. James and Clay will be at you tomorrow. Have a great day.